The Outline World Dispatch. It's Wednesday, August 2nd, 2017. I'm Tolu Adionwe. Today on The Dispatch, Gabby Del Valle on the Department of Homeland Security. With the current standards for hiring, there would need to be over one million applicants. Jeff Ihaza on press briefings. The State Department is holding fewer weekly press briefings than any administration in the last 45 years. And Anne Derek Gaillot on talk radio. Well, The Breakfast Club is always, it seems like, embroiled in some sort of controversy. Here's the dispatch. Power. The independent government agency that oversees the Department of Homeland Security released a report on Monday questioning the Trump administration's ability to hire 15,000 new immigration officers and border patrol agents. Gabby Del Valle is here, and she looked into why. Gabby, what's going on with the Department of Homeland Security? The Department of Homeland Security needs to hire 15,000 new employees, which would be 5,000 border patrol agents and 10,000 immigration officers. But the Office of the Inspector General, which oversees DHS, released a report on Monday saying basically that with the current standards for hiring, there would need to be over one million applicants. What are the requirements for applicants? Um, If you're applying to be a Border Patrol officer, you need to take a lie detector test, uh, an entrance exam, and you have to pass a background check. But apparently two-thirds of people who apply fail the polygraph test, which is why the Office of the Inspector General said that there needs to be such a high number of applicants because there aren't enough people who pass for the agency to hire the numbers that they need. Is it like a particularly difficult test? Like what does it entail? Well, the Associated Press reported in January that the test is really long. Like sometimes it's between four and eight hours. Some polygraph experts say that the test is like like way too long. And now the Department of Homeland Security is considering loosening some of the requirements for that. But there are different problems with ICE, which needs to hire 10,000 immigration officers. Mm. So why are they trying to hire so many people? Part of it is because the Trump administration is trying to increase deportations and also apprehensions at the border. But the biggest problem is that some immigration officers, especially those who work with people who are not detained, so people who are in deportation proceedings but aren't in detention, say that they oversee anywhere between... 1,700 to 10,000 people, while officers who work with detained immigrants on average have between 65 and 100 immigrants under their supervision. So the workload isn't really being allocated properly. And an earlier report found that restructuring would like restructuring the way that ICE officers are assigned cases and people would probably be very effective. So they want to, so some, one report said that like restructuring and giving officers more training is necessary. And now Trump's also trying to um, like gave this mandate to hire a bunch more people. So it's like tasking them with a lot. Yeah, I think like, especially for immigration officers, which they're trying to get 10,000 of, like or 10,000 more of, it would make a lot more sense for them first to focus on restructuring the way that officers are assigned cases. But, I mean, the ultimate goal is still the same, which is to make it more efficient for them to deport a bunch of people, Mm. I guess. Wow. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you. 
power. 1.1. That's the average number of weekly State Department press briefings under President Trump. With former Exxon CEO Rex Tillerson in charge, the State Department is holding fewer weekly press briefings than any administration in the last 45 years, potentially a sign of its diminished capacity. The New York Times compiled all of the transcripts from past administrations to illustrate just how little the current administration is communicating with the public. Going back as far as 1979, during the Iran hostage crisis, the department has held a press briefing just about every single day. Under Trump, that average is down to 1.1 times per week. The lack of briefings might just be due to the department not getting much done. Hundreds of jobs are still unfilled, and the president continues to surprise his own staff by making sweeping declarations on Twitter, muddying the waters around official policy. P.J. Crowley, a department spokesperson during the Obama administration, told The Times, quote, If you don't know what the policy is, you don't want to be communicating it. You don't want to get out ahead of the president of the United States. Culture. The morning hip-hop radio talk show, The Breakfast Club, features hosts DJ Envy, Charlemagne the God, and Angela Yee. It's no stranger to controversy, but The Breakfast Club's July 28th episode was particularly upsetting, as one guest, comedian Lil Duval, joked at length about murdering transgender women. The backlash on social media was immediate, and many listeners questioned why the hosts, especially Angela Yee, the show's lone woman host, didn't condemn Lil Duvall's remarks more forcefully. Anne Derek Gayo wrote about the episode this week. Hi, Anne. Hey, Tolu. So what's going on with The Breakfast Club? Well, The Breakfast Club is always, it seems like, embroiled in some sort of controversy. But the latest one is that comedian Lil Duvall was on the show and made jokes about murdering trans women. They asked him what he would do if he found out he slept with someone who he later learned was trans, and he made a bunch of jokes about murdering that person. But you can't go around killing transgenders. I'm not going to kill transgenders. I'm not, I didn't say, see, here you go trying to flip my words. I didn't say I'm going to kill transgenders. I said, if one did that to me. If you had sex with one and then they didn't And they didn't tell me, I'm going to be so mad, I'm probably going to want to kill them. Well, all right, let's not even ask him that because until it happens to him, he doesn't know what he's And the people obviously were upset and outraged because it's a very disgusting thing to say, especially in the current climate where trans women of color are getting murdered all the time. Um, And people are really taking the hosts, Charlemagne the God, DJ Envy, and Angela Yee to task for not not challenging Lil Duval enough and not condemning his remarks enough, which I think is a very valid critique. Are they, do you feel like they're being particularly harsh on any one of the co-hosts? In my watching of the episode, Angela Yee, who had previously invited Janet Mock on the show to educate the hosts about um, the transgender community, ha- did um, say a couple things like, that's not right, that's a hate crime, you shouldn't say that. Um, but she also did laugh along with the other hosts. Charlemagne the God and DJ NB were laughing their heads off. But um, something I found interesting was that in a lot of critiques of Angela Yee, people didn't really take into account that she was a woman in a room full of men making jokes about murdering women and mm-hmm. how her position in on that crew and in that room at that time might have affected how strongly she spoke out against Lil Duval. 
um, actually Janet Mock wrote a response and her response was titled to the men of the breakfast club. And she very specifically left Angela Yee out of that criticism. And I think Mm. for me that pointed to a trend in shows like the breakfast club, Ebro in the morning, where there is one host who is a woman, you know, who is kind of tokenized despite whatever talent they may have. And the pressure always seems to be on them to speak out when something misogynistic or transphobic happens. And the, the responsibility is not equally on the male hosts like it is on the women. Like it does, it makes sense. (laughs) It makes sense. Like to an extent, you know, like you expect a marginalized population to be able to relate to other marginalized peoples. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't know. There's no at the same time. I'm trying to be diplomatic. Like I just, yeah. I, I would expect, I do expect it. There's totally a responsibility on everybody to speak out. Like the re- responsibility should be on Angela Yee and all the other hosts to speak up because they're human beings, not just on Angela Yee because she's a woman. Right. Though she would know better than DJ Envy or Charlemagne the God mm-hmm. what it feels like to be in a space where violence against you is just being joked about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you think I'm letting... Angela off the hook too easy here? No. I completely agree with with uh, what you wrote about. Um, like, it's it's complicated. Mm-hmm. They're hosts of a, a show that's, like, listened to widely. But at the same time, like, even the way they're treated by the other hosts, like, it's, it's not an even playing field. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in there that goes unspoken in terms of the imbalance of how the women and the men are treated – so no, I don't think you're you're letting her off too easy because it is complex. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's something that a lot of people who might be like the only woman in their workplace or one of few people of color or one of few gay people or mm-hmm. one of the only trans people, it's something that I think a lot of folks can relate to where you want to speak up, but you don't want to lose your job. You want right. to speak up, but you want to get along with your coworkers. It's just a really tough position to be in. So, yeah. Um. Well... Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Tolu. It was great talking to you. That concludes The Dispatch. If you like our show, remember you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. I'm Tolu Adionwe. More stories tomorrow.